boo. A boo? Hello, Billy. It's a boo boy. Wow. That was good. I don't even know what it was. It's a boo boy is what it is. I don't even know what a boo boy is. <laughs> yes. Jeez. Jeez. Hello. All right. All right, let's do this. You ready to jump in on this? Um, yeah, let's jump. All right. And three, two, one. Hello, I'm Joey Parr, editor-in-chief of Guitar.com and host of Secret Level. Joining me today as always yes, is... The gloriously bearded Billy Fisher. Yeah. Billy's got the beard of death I, going on right now. Holy crap. I, I do. I need to trim it. It's kind of getting a mind of its own. You're like Santa. You're almost Santa Claus beard level. Close. I mean, I got this, so that it's going that direction. Definitely. Now. Yeah. So uh, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing well. Today. Today. Uh-huh. Today. On this episode of Secret Level, we are going to talk about the wonderfully strange, awkward movie. Fun. Fun. Crazy, absolutely crazy, 1989 film Little Monsters, starring Fred Savage, Howie Mandel, Ben Savage, Daniel Stern. Hmm. It's a good cast. It is a good cast. When it came out, I loved it. I um, I I remember watching this movie when I was younger, and I remember just having a blast watching it right. at the theaters. I thought it was so funny. I thought it was so cool, and like I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to like find the monster under the bed and be friends with it. Right. Uh, and and now, watching it as an adult, and first of all, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. It's not one I revisit often. In fact, I don't yeah. remember the last time I did watch it before this podcast. I do have fond memories of it as a child. Yes. And now, now I don't know what to think of that movie. That <laughs> movie um, was bonkers. I came out really disappointed in Daniel Stern. Oh, the, such a weird father figure type character, right? Right. I was just like, you know, majority of these problems wouldn't be problems had you just reacted well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I, I 100% know what you mean. But it's also kind of a trip because before this... Fred Savage and Daniel Stern were the same person in the Wonder Years. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's right. Yep. Yes. That is the truth but, right there, friends. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to get into all this fun stuff. Just, It's just a trip. This whole movie is a trip. The whole time I kept you're asking telling, myself, You were this... saying earlier it was, you felt like it was an acid trip. Right. You keep asking yourself, is this real? Is this really happening? I mean, it's and a it, movie. It, it is happening, it, uh, but not for real. 
But yeah, but I mean, you think somebody paid a lot of money, obviously for the actors and oh, sure. for the special effects that are in that movie. Um, but they, was this really what they wanted out of it? I mean, yeah, there was I a mean, script, and the studio, oh my goodness. you know, the executives read the script, and and everyone's like, yeah, this is this is the movie we're gonna make, guys. This is it. We're, let's go. We're gonna, <laughs> let's go. Yep. <laughs> Oh, man. But yes, as a kid, it worked. Because as a kid, I was like, this is the funniest thing. I want to be just like that guy. Hilarious, hilarious, hilarious. Let's do some grown-up jokes. But now I'm thinking, man, I wouldn't let my kids watch this. It's it's different now. Now it's yeah. like, it's kind of a mean-spirited movie. And, so much so. And I, and I don't know why I didn't see that as a kid. I just was like fascinated by this world of monsters and pulling pranks on kids, like stuff like that. Like it's something that kids wanted to do. It was like, oh man, right. I could have a monster as a friend and we could play and our whole, the rest of our lives is going to be playing pranks. But that's the devious part about it is yeah. that <laughs> it's so that when so Maurice gets Brian into the world of monsters, Brian is, unaware that he's gonna turn into one yeah but he's but okay 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 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah, okay yeah. before we go before we there's go. a lot i gotta say but yes let's go okay yeah <laughs> oh what was your what was your week like dude how was uh how is life treating you anything fun <sighs> interesting or boring my, happen uh, my life has been kind of engulfed in the world of yellowstone right now oh yes yellowstone uh, we 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 never really wanted to start it, but once we did, now we're in the end of season two. So why Thru didn't you want to start it? Um, okay, so I don't like the actress that plays Beth. She bugs me. She plays the roles really over the top. Like, yeah, just she just sucks the life out of every scene, and. So I was just like, just because she was in it, I was like, no. But th then we started watching it, and you can see how she needs to be there to be the the dark side of the Dutton family. Like she's the she's got a lot of issues she hasn't worked through, and even though she's trying to help the family, she's secretly hurting it. Yeah, unbeknownst to herself. And I really like the the I like the 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 storyline of Kevin Costner's patriarch role going up against Casey's being the new father role and how now he wants to change the way he's done things so that Casey can run the the company. Yeah. So I, it's cool. Um, yeah, like I said, we're just finishing up season two right now. Yeah. I'm already caught up, so I know. Is, is it worth it? Yeah, dude, just wait, bro. It's okay. so good, so good. Because she makes me so mad. <laughs> oh, my goodness, she makes me mad. But... That being said, I do like what's his name? It's kind of like a, a comeback for the guy who plays Rip. I just forgot his name. Cole Hauser. Um, Cole Hauser. That character, it, it just feels like a real person. Like that's really him. Yeah. You know how there's some people that just embody their character. It feels yeah. like he's got that. Like, yeah. That's, it feels that's like him he now. he is that in real life now. Right. He he was cast in the role, but now he is Rip in real life. Right. So he's Absolutely. written in the series and outside of the series. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What'd you do, bud? What was going on this week for you? Man, this week has been insane. Like, 
I okay. So lots of movies. I saw Gerard Butler's Plane. How was that? So the title sucks. It is the worst yes, title awful. ever. But it's a good movie. It's a good action movie. It's it's just nineties. It's it's that nineties style action movie, and I just enjoyed it. It's a fun popcorn flick. That's what it is. It looks like it, but yeah, I mean, with the two main characters, they're both uh, action aficionados. Yeah. So yeah, I figured it'd be fun. Yeah. But so, yeah, the, the the name of the movie is awful. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. When I was in the theater for another movie, and that trailer played after the trailer played through, and then the title came up on screen the whole theater erupted in laughter yes because it was just it's a laughable title yes lane <laughs> okay yeah, yeah we saw that trailer when we went and saw the whale which if there's two different ends of the spectrum and the movie spectrum <laughs> it's plain and the whale yes not the same audience not definitely not the same audience no way <laughs> no way Oh, uh, what else you see? I saw Babylon, finally, the <sighs> Damien Chazelle movie, and I liked it for the most part. It's getting a lot of hate. It's getting a bad rap. The first forty minutes is seriously just absolutely bonkers, insane. Like they don't hold back on anything. I mean, you're watching Babylon, like you know, every possible sin. Or right. uh thing you could think about in Hollywood that is just gross and, like, just throw it out there is in the uh -huh. first 40 minutes of the film. Okay. Uh Drugs, sex. Ah, oh, man, there's other things I just don't want to say. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's, I mean, you, you it helped just, it out. It just, gets, it just gets crazy. But once you get past that, if you're able to get past this 40 minutes of insanity, Mm-hmm. You finally get into the story, and the story and the characters are interesting. Like, the backdrop is 1920s Hollywood. It's super young. It's the origins of Hollywood, and I've always been fascinated in that. And so in that aspect, I was fascinated by the movie. I, I was interested. It kept my interest, and I liked the story where it was going. It got really weird here and there throughout the course of the film, but for the most part, I liked it. Some okay. parts I liked more than others. It's definitely not for everyone, and not everyone is going to like this movie. But if you have an interest in classic 1920s Hollywood and wondering what it might have been like back then, then it's worth it. <laughs> but maybe not. Depends on what you uh what kind of movies you're into it's right it's hard to recommend to people like i wouldn't recommend it to anybody unless i knew the person i was talking to okay good point so it, it depends on what type of movie goer you are if you're gonna like it or not okay i mean yeah you and i have talked about that aspect of hollywood before and we we've listened to podcasts about it so i mean we know what it was like i'm yeah. just sure it'd be a trip to see what it was like. I mean, you've it heard really it. It really is a trip. And that's certain, that's what I liked about it. I liked that it showed some of these, 
some of these things that I just remember hearing about, but now it's being brought to life for right in movie form, and it's just interesting to see that. And so, uh, in that aspect, I I like the movie, but okay, but the content is just, I mean, it's it's hard R for sure. Okay, so All right. that's I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, I got you. Yeah. So no kids allowed. No kids allowed. Never, never allowed. <laughs> never. <laughs> Even when they grow up, don't watch. Even that. when they grow, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, and I finally started watching Schitt's Creek. Oh, oh, this is a conversation. Um, <laughs> so what do you think so far? I am loving it. I am yes. very amused. And it's one of those shows that just puts me in a good mood when I watch it. Right. And so I, I enjoy it. I'm only, oh. I'm halfway through season two, but it's great. So. And this is where it starts to pick up. Like at the <laughs> end of season, like the, I almost just gave it away. The end of season two, the beginning of season three is fantastic. Like just the transition. And I would have hated to had to watch it when it was on to wait till the third Start of the third season. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that later, though. Oh, yeah. oh, one other thing, yes. too, that I did. Oh. Yes. I went to the Goldfinger concert in Anaheim this past weekend, which Dude, was a freaking out blast. Ugh. Man, I am a huge Goldfinger fan. I've been listening to them since the 90s. Yep. And. I this is the first time that I saw them live all these years later and it was just such a fun show. And oh, I can't wait for them to go on tour again someday. <laughs> it was so fun. And Man. Tony Hawk showed up. Right. And he gets up there and and they bring him on stage to sing the song Superman. And the reason why they did that is because Superman was in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Pro skater, and baby. that's what helped uh, boost Goldfinger's like reputation, music, and reputation and stuff. Yeah, and so they brought him up to sing it, and that was that was a lot of fun. So that was cool. It was a fun night. It is the first time that I uh, jumped in a mosh pit in years. I don't remember the last time that I like <laughs> threw down. And threw myself into a mosh pit and just yes. went for it, and that was a lot of fun. Oh man, I'm sure. And, and uh, you know, it's funny. I could, you know, I, I wanted to bring my kids to the concert, but they both had things going on and just weren't able to do it. Uh huh. But I'm sitting there after the show and I'm walking out and I'm like, man, I would have just outlasted my kids at this show. They would have never had the energy that I had that night. <laughs> And I'm 44. Right? Man, I felt so young and alive. I'm like, I need more concerts like this in my life. <laughs> Dude, and here's the thing. is like right before you posted your video, I was watching the video of him singing Superman. I was like, man, that would have been so badass to be there. And then not even 30 seconds later, this video pops up from Joey's. Look what I did last night. Watch Tony Hawk. I was like, you suck. Oh, man, I wish I would have been there. So that was fun. That was that would have been fun. That, yeah. That's a highlight. That's one of my highlights in 2023. Well, I mean, we're yes. only in January, but yes, that's going to be good. That's going to stick around for a while. 
you're always going to remember that. So that's yeah, cool. that was great. So happy. <sighs> and now we get to talk about Little Monsters, which is even better. Yes. And before we do that, I'm going to read the synopsis. Are you ready? Here we go. <laughs> yes. Brian isn't scared of the monster living under his bed. On the contrary, when he gets to know the wild-eyed boogeyman, Maurice, the pair become fast friends. During the night, Maurice takes his young charge into the netherworld of monsters, where they have a great time making mischief in the lives of sleeping children. But... Brian's opinion of Maurice and his free-willing lifestyle changes when he discovers that he himself is turning into a monster. Rawr. I added the rawr at the end. Oh, okay, I was going to say, that's, that's fun that they added the rawr at the end. But that was you. And while watching the movie, the first thing that stuck out to me that I totally forgot about that yes. I just can't get out of my head since I watched it, Billy. I just can't mm-hmm. do it. Yes. Is when Brian gets up in the middle of the freaking night mm-hmm. and makes a freaking peanut butter and onion, An sandwich. onion sandwich. Yes. And, dude, and this is not like some light onion sandwich. He puts like half the onion <laughs> and peanut butter just on one slice of the bread. That is such a lie. That's such a lie. This this peanut butter and onion sandwich is a lie. No kid on the planet, no kid in the universe is eating this. Ever. Ever. This I, this is this is a fake thing that does not exist. I'm gonna do it. Dude, if you do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna record it and I'm gonna put it on oh. the secret level. Oh, I'm not I, I gonna de- do it. I'm glad I Billy's decided gonna get, this when I I'm watched it. I'm not gonna it. do it. That just no, but I will. Now, okay, you're gonna use a white onion, yellow onion, or sweet onion? Because he what used I have. the straight up white onion. White, and that was I gotta go get one. I'll go buy a white onion. I will try to match the amount of onion to peanut butter that he put on the sandwich. <laughs> And I'll send the video to Joe to put on You're the side. You're gonna throw up all over the place. That's what the video is probably. Gonna be. Dude, you need to start this TikTok challenge. This peanut butter and onion sandwich TikTok challenge. Yes. And get all the okay. kids doing it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this if is if anybody thing, else does it. I'm sorry. This is gonna happen. This is gonna be amazing. It's it's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna put it on my. That's gonna be. I don't have anything on my TikTok. This is gonna be the first thing I put on my TikTok. <laughs> That's the awful. first and only thing that is ever going to be on my TikTok <laughs> is this video. And you just have That's to do it. like the peanut butter onion sandwich challenge. Right. I mean, it's so disgusting. And he takes such a big bite out of it. And such I want to know, is it really that sandwich? Did you really eat that? But not only that, Billy. Not uh-huh. only that. Yes. He goes and sits on the couch and starts watching a show called All About Chicks. <laughs> Right. I loved it. I loved it. And I'm like, um, this is like those commercials in like the late 80s, early 90s, like the late night commercials when you're watching TV. It's like, call 1-800, blah, 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 for a good time. Right? Yes. Um, but it wasn't that. It was, a, it was like a talk show, but it was the most, <laughs> I mean, the fact that this little kid is watching a show called All About Chicks. 
and the my I think my favorite part about all about chicks is uh the guy who lever who later comes in as uh Snick the the monster is hosting the show. Yes. And he's dressed as such a sleaze. It reminds me of uh, Dan Aykroyd when he's doing the um the toy commercial on SNL. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Gosh, I can't remember. But yeah, I was just like that's perfect cuz that's what that's who you think the host of All About Chicks would be. Yeah. In, in the 80s was that sleazy dude. But yeah, uh, I. Dick, yeah. Brian's got problems. <laughs> he's, he's not. He's not even. He's not even an adult, and he's already eating peanut butter and onion sandwiches and watching trash TV chicks. shows. Yep. I mean, good for him. Living he's his on his way life. to becoming a good dude. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Chicks dig that stuff. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and you were talking about Daniel Stern earlier too, and how like how like weird of a daddy is, and right the relationship that they have with each other, the father and son, is so crazy, and just it's it's so there's like a lot of resentment toward each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, even big time. it just and you get a good sense of that when he runs over Brian uh, Stern's character runs over brian's bike yeah and it's the kid like brian gets so pissed he's like yelling at his dad like about like the- running over, and they get in this argument like they're two adults or two children arguing right right yeah and then there's it, it doesn't feel like a father and son relationship it no. just feels like these two people are roommates that just hate each other and are annoyed by each other and the, each other's existence is is the whole relationship of this father and son to me. Yeah, and the thing that gets me is usually in these kind of movies it starts out like that and there's some kind of redeeming father comes and apologizes type of thing. There's none of that. None it stays of that. on that level. Even when he's trying to apologize, he's still a jerk to him. <laughs> I know. You, know. you know what I mean? Yeah. He's still an ass. And I'm like, oh, wow. But I mean... They, that's based off of somebody's experience, so maybe that's how somebody's dad was to him. Maybe one of the writers. I, I hope or not. Or they, or they just weren't, right. and they just thought maybe that's what the, they thought it might be funny to have these the father and son relationship just be trash. I don't know. Right. Well, I just imagine that he's Marv pre Home Alone. Yes. Daniel Stern is just. That's Marv. It is doesn't, Marv. Doesn't have kids. Doesn't know how to have kids, and then just becomes the Sticky Bandits. Yep. Or the Wet Bandits. Oh my gosh! This movie is like, I'm sitting as I was watching it. I'm just like, this movie is like ADHD, like to the extreme. Like there's just mm-hmm. so much happening, and it's and it's just wild. It's such a wildly crazy movie, and I understand little monsters. Yeah, sure, that's what it's gonna be. But it really tapped in to the ADD, the ADHD, and all the kids. Right. It watched it. Have you ever thought, and I know this came out before the movie I'm about to compare it to, but don't you think this is like the dark side of Monsters, Inc.? Oh, yeah. This is totally Monsters, Inc. 100%. Yeah. He's even the same color and has the horns 
of Sully. Yeah, this was definitely I Monsters Inc was obviously inspired by this movie. Like 100%. Right. This movie served as inspiration for Little Monsters. Little Monsters or uh, inspiration for Monsters Inc. Right. Um they just made it more they, they expanded it and made it more kid friendly. Yeah. And changed up the underworld and all that stuff or the under monster world and made oh, it a bit man. more high tech and charming. Is, yeah, because man, that place I would never want to go there. Like Fred Savage's character acted like he loves it down there, but I'm like, man, this is just like a really crappy basement <laughs> with awful people. Yeah, well, they shot that all that stuff that the whole underground scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the underworld, the monster underworld stuff was shot in a giant warehouse. Right. And apparently shooting there was like a nightmare for everybody. <laughs> so this came from Fred Savage, who back in the day, I think it was like 1998, Mm-hmm. He gave an interview saying that the location that they filmed the movie in was in North Carolina in an abandoned and condemned warehouse. <laughs> so that's Fantastic. where they shot all of that stuff. Uh-huh. He said that the entire crew, they wore face masks because they felt that the warehouse they were shooting in was toxic. But the oh. actors weren't wearing face masks. It <laughs> no. was just the crew were so worried about it that they were all wearing face masks. Wow. And at the time, Fred and Howie Mandel asked them several times throughout the shoot if it was safe for them to film there because all the crew had these, you know, protective face masks on. And they kept telling them, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We're good. <laughs> wow. But everybody else is wearing a mask. That's really comforting. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Craziness. <laughs> Sounds like a the, nightmare, though, for sure. It, it kind of does. That being said, what trips me out is like, if if you're gonna if you're gonna base this in reality, if you're gonna base this whole situation in reality, each and every one of those kids was kidnapped at some point by those people. Exactly. That's such a big problem. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. All those monsters were kids with families yeah. at one point. Yep. Okay, I don't know about you, but did this movie seem like it was a lot shorter than when we were kids. Yes. It went by it, pretty quick when I watched it, it. It felt like a giant chunk was cut out of it. Yeah, was there? I don't know, man. I was trying to look on it, and all of them had the same length. So I'm like, I, I guess this is what it is. But yeah, it felt like it just was... It started, and the next thing you know, and they're in that final battle, which went entirely too fast. And... Dude, that final battle was ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> Let's talk about this final battle real quick while we're on it. First of all, those toys had some serious freaking firepower. Right. Like they would they were blo- they could blow people up mm-hmm. and, and kill them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt. 
And then you've got that weird ass villain at the end. <sighs> yeah. The one with um, the voice. The one, what did he sound like? It was like uh Oh Brian. Why? Why are you doing this? Yeah. So, okay. I I hated the way he I hated the way that that character was brought to life. Just because okay. Even as a kid, I remember remember him creeping me out. But watching it as a adult, I was like, "Oh, this is just gross! Like, I I don't like this character at all. Like the way he was, this villain, with like the brain in the back of his head. Yeah, it's kind of open up. Yeah, I'm like, wow. I, I and it's crazy because I didn't remember that until I rewatched it. Right. Like I totally when that character popped up on screen. My mm-hmm. mind was like, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot about this character. Yep. And then when he started talking, I was like, oh, I hate this guy. Like, I hate him so much. Right. And he was by far the scariest thing in there, played by, uh, of all people, I didn't realize this until I was looking it up, but played by Frank Whaley from, you know, like Swimming with Sharks. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And I was like, this is just bonkers. Like, where did they come up with that bad guy, like that villain? It, it's it's weird. He seems so out of place. Like he should yeah. be like a villain in like a Hellraiser movie or something, not like a, kid a kid's friendly movie, movie. A, kid, a movie that's supposed to be kid friendly. Right. But it's not even that kid friendly. But it is. But it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard. There's a. They're walking a fine line with this movie. Yeah. So his name is Boy. Frank Whaley plays this guy named Boy, and I think that's what he's trying to be—like a boy forever. Make this like a, a, a sick and twisted kind of Neverland where everybody stays young, but they just turn into monsters. Yes. Type of thing. Yeah. And the whole and they really didn't get into this point until like one sentence right before the end where. Snick tells Maurice he was supposed to be boy's plaything. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That, that's scary as shit. I don't the know. The other ones are just turning into monsters. This is his plaything? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I was like, I'm glad I didn't watch this with my kids, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, this is a, such a weird one. And then, so they get into this crazy battle, right? Mm-hmm. And then they have to, like, leave, get some help, and come back. Okay? Right. And after, like, there's a lot of damage done in the first battle, right? There's, there's yeah. like, just damage all over the place. And they come back, and few hours later and it, it, it looks like the battle never took place everything's back in its place and everything's reset so it right. is like think do things reset in this underworld well i so what it made me think was like the boy get up is like meticulously done like he's the only like clean thing in there and i think that's kind of his thing he's where not he wants clean to, though he's so dirty and gross right but like the front but in the front <laughs> he's all clean but you see his hands are all jacked up and all that crap. There's a lot we need to go through, but I'm just buzzes in this movie. So you got, I mean, there's so many different. And he says buzz, but he says he means buzz from Home Alone. 
Home Alone. I was just going to say that, yeah, there's so many Home Alone links to this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, ugh, fantastic. But yeah, I, I it, like I said, the, the, the ending happened too fast. Like, I... I remember the kids coming in to help, but I like the whole let's go get help thing happened like it was just a cut scene. Let's go get help. We're back. Like there's no going out and convincing people to be with them. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They just show up. I was just like, okay. And totally disregard the fact that Buzz drank pee at one point. Sorry, also, but... when it comes to that final battle scene, it, it pretty much is the same scene that we saw in the 1992 Robin Williams film Toys. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yep, I sure do, with LL Cool J. Yep, it had all, it had just that, all the toy action sequence, basically. So I thought that was interesting just to see that the toys kind of took that as well. Yeah, the battles were similar, I, I agree. I know we like kind of already jumped at the end of the film, but whatever. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, if you've seen the movie, you know what we're talking about. We were on, we were the, on the topic anyway, but I kind of wanted to get back to a little bit about the making of the film, or at least parts of it. There's not a lot of information on uh, how this film came together, but right. Howie Mandel did talk about his experience making the movie in a few interviews. Okay. And it was a rough project for him to be a part of. When he was offered the part of Maurice and Little Monsters, he didn't really think about what that would mean for him. He just was like, hey, a movie, I get to play a monster, cool. Right. But when it came down to it, he had to undergo hours of makeup, right? Oh, absolutely. He's being turned into a monster. And while he had a nice time making it, he did say that it physically almost killed him. <laughs> oh, it had to have. Yeah, with his all of his uh, uh, hypertension about certain things. Exactly. So in an interview, he said... You know, it's a nice experience. I met nice people. I had a nice time personally. Physically, it almost killed me, and I wouldn't have done that. It's not good to spend the summer in the Carolinas wrapped in latex. Yeah. So he's got (laughs) all this makeup caked on him. He's got latex, and it's freaking hot in a toxic warehouse. Sounds healthy. And because... It, to make it even worse is he mm-hmm. struggles with obsessive compulsive disorder and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And so sitting in that chair doing the makeup was kind of a nightmare for him. Right. Oh, it had to be. And he actually says he would have never signed up for the movie had he known that's what he had to go through. <laughs> He explained, do not try this at home. Don't wrap yourself. I mean, it's wonderful. Maurice is a wonderful character. It was a fun time. Everybody was great, and there were funny scares. But I was wrapped in latex. 
Do you know what humidity and latex does? After I did that movie, I wouldn't even put a condom on. I was so anti-latex. I know that doesn't sound safe, but I was married and happy, but I would not. I don't even want to say the word latex anymore, but now I feel like I wouldn't do that again. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Oh, man, that had to be rough, especially in that warehouse, man. It's so humid out there, and then, oh, gross. So, like, he's out there, he's shooting the movie, and he gives this fun, playful performance. Right. But at the same time, he is physically suffering while shooting the movie. Mm-hmm. He was suffering. It was torture to be in this movie. Oh, I'm sure. And just like he's high energy the whole time. Like he's at a 12. Yes. The whole time in this movie. Yeah. He has to be. He, yeah. But wow. Like he went on to say, I don't have a GED because I can't sit in class. I can't sit. But you have to sit. Not only was it four hours of sitting, but four hours of I don't want to be touched. And four hours of being touched. I thought I was going to snap. And once I was finished, I had to be this happy and joyful Maurice. I wasn't that happy and joyful. I didn't know what I had gotten myself into. They cut. Oh my God, I'm going to (laughs) die. At night, it's an hour to get it off. It was glued onto me and my skin. Oh, wow. Yeah, that had to be rough. Yeah, especially with all that, because I have ADHD, and I sit here and my legs shake the whole time we talk on this podcast, not because I want to do it. It's just I can't help myself. Yeah. Like, my body's constantly going, so to be able to sit there for four hours and let somebody, nope, no thank you, no. It's so crazy. I don't know. I don't know, man. More power to him for getting through through it. Exactly. The fact that he made it through the shoot is a testament to this guy's dedication (laughs) to anything, right? Mm -hmm. Because he could have easily quit. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah. But he didn't. He stuck with it. He worked through the pain and the suffering And he gave a very fun performance. Yeah, he did. It was fun. So since there wasn't a lot of behind-the-scenes information on this film, we kind of broke it down into some aspects of the film that we just wanted to discuss because of kind of how wild of a film it was. And we already touched on the relationship between the adults and kids and stuff like that and how the father and son just were like, didn't quite get along, but there's more, but there's more to the parents in this movie. They are going through a rough patch in their marriage. Absolutely. Like, and the thing is, is it just, like, I know they're always going for realism in movies, but I think they hit this nail on the head. This yeah. family felt like they're going through some stuff, man. Yes. And, like, serious business. Like, their their fights were like, shoot. Yeah, they were. genuinely they, didn't like each other. <laughs> no, the parents were like, they, like I said, they, so uh, the parents, Glenn and Holly, 
they had relocated to the Boston suburbs. And you can hear their arguments in the background throughout the film. And they are struggling. And you got Holly accusing Glenn of being an absentee dad. And he resents her for not working and pressuring him into buying the fixer-upper home that they move into at the beginning of the film. And the long work commute isn't helping the situation. <laughs> There's yeah, all... <laughs> and just his general oblivion to whatever she's doing. Just the whole scene where he's trying to watch three different sports games at the same time while yeah. she's painting the room around him. Right? I was like, oh, dude, I would be so dead. Dude, I know. I'd like, be how dead. It, it's crazy that they're still together. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> Well, and, and I know for a fact, if I ever went off on one of my kids the way he did to his kids, my wife would have stepped in and been like, you need to go calm down. Right? Right. And she, she just she just let it, let it happen. Let it happen. It's so crazy. And at one point, they also make it very clear that their intimacy connection is, is, is in trouble as well, right? Right, right. And at one point... Glenn is accusing Holly of wanting it for his money, to which she replies, well, that's not all I want from you, but that's all I get. get. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. If nobody's really listening to what they're saying, it doesn't sound that bad. But if you... So these are not... things I don't even remember from the movie when I right. watched it as a kid. Like, I don't remember this stuff at all. And so they're saying this stuff. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like... No kids are understanding what's going on. And you've got all the parents that are taking their kids to this movie, and you know they're sitting in the theater just like, oh, wow, like, hmm, they're kind of nailing that on the head, aren't they? Right. I mean, I I just don't know, man. Like, I, it made me feel so sad for the boys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the whole finding the ice cream in the cupboard thing was a lot more on the edge of like just the look on Daniel Stern's face I was like this dude's about to snap and kill everybody in his family <laughs> dude he got no ice joke. cream on his I was like what the what well and there's that one point where Glenn says at the beginning of the film he says I'm not a monster I'm a man and I think the use of the term monster is interesting there mm -hmm. because I think there could be this whole underlying thing where the monster under the bed and all these things that are happening are mm -hmm. Brian and his younger brothers, Eric's coping mechanisms for what is going on with their parents. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, and that, okay. So that brings this up a good point. This is them dealing because... with, with the shit that is going down between their mom and dad. Right. But if you watch the movie and, pay attention to when they go through the montage of all the kids getting in trouble. It feels like those kids are getting in more trouble than what the actual situation is. Yes. Like, they don't just attack normal kids. Cause they didn't go after his girlfriend, Kirsten. She wasn't on the list. They yeah. Found her. Yep. She seems to have a decent home life. Everybody else, when the parents are flipping out, they're flipping out, man. Like I'm like, it made me uncomfortable. 
But so I was kind of thinking maybe I, they go, they're going after those guys f- to bring them down to be the Lost Boys kind of situation. It's, you know what I mean? It's kind of funny, but yeah, you're saying that you got these parents that are just yelling at their kids for the pranks that were played on them. It's so crazy how the how these parents were treating their kids. There's that montage of scenes where you get where where after the pranks are pulled, where the kids are like, "I didn't do it." And the kids are the parents are like, "Yes, you did, you little bastard!" I, right? I was like, "Holy crap!" Oh man, so f- crazy. But yeah, I, I that was one of the cl- I won't say closest, but I'll say that's one of the most uncomfortable parent situations that I've seen in a movie in a while and, and these kids are like adorable little kids you right know what i mean Absolutely. and they're so innocently just like i i swear i didn't do it mom and dad i swear oh man <laughs> their dad and their parents are locking them in closets and in basements and stuff horrible not really it's just but. horrible but let's start <laughs> let's while we're on this subject why don't we talk about some of these some of these pranks yes because you know, they start off innocent enough. They scream to startle a sleeping kid, right? They dirty up a house rug with the another kid's muddy shoes. Ooh, you know, there's like nothing wrong with right. that. They paint a girl's face and a bedroom wall. They put cellophane on a toilet seat, which is always a great prank, guys. Like that's always that's a classic. If you haven't yep. played that prank on someone. That's it's okay. You should. No, I'm just joking. Don't do it. Uh, well, just don't get caught because that it does get, get kind of rough. They got a prank where they smear peanut butter on a telephone receiver, which is oh my gosh, which is I a class. Do you that know, so bad. Gotta love it. That. But you can't you you can't play that prank anymore because there are no telephone receivers to put peanut butter on. Right. There's a. Oh, they move a shower head so that it'll spray all over the bathroom floor, which is great. They slather chocolate syrup handprints all over the family fridge, which isn't really a prank. That just happens That's with just kids messy. that has kids. Like that just yeah. that just is a normal thing. Absolutely. Uh, and so, like I said, these are most of these are pretty harmless pranks, right? Mm-hmm. And Maurice's mantra in this movie is. We live in a world dedicated to wrecking havoc on kids. We're the reason kids get locked in their rooms. It's like the yeah. monsters know that the parents are monsters. <laughs> right. But, but and, and they're using that to get them down into the monster world to lure them to make more monsters. Yes. It's more fun down here, you know? Oh, my gosh. It's so devious. It is. It's very, perfect. very devious. But, but... The prank that just takes the cake, the prank that is just absolutely vile and disgusting on every level. I can't believe that they got away with it in the movie because it is just, it is so gross. And I vaguely remember the scene uh, when I saw, when I watched this movie again, but I, but it was all, and it was funny as a kid. And I'm like, (laughs) ha ha ha. He's drinking piss. <laughs> Bro. But now it's not funny. No. <laughs> it is it is gross. So, okay, before I go any further. All right. So there is a <laughs> Brian the kid convinces Maurice 
to go after his bully, Ronnie Coleman. He's the school bully who picks on him, right? And the first thing they do is they go to the fridge and they take Ronnie's tuna sandwich and then replace the tuna with cat food. Okay? Uh, yes. And if that isn't enough, okay, that, and that should be, it should have ended there. If, if, if they're going to do go there, then let it be that. Yeah, that's bad <laughs> enough. But then, then Maurice takes it to the next level and decides to dump Ronnie's apple juice out of the bottle and replace it with his own piss. Okay? So the next day, Ronnie's at school, and Brian's off in the background, gleefully, happily watching Ronnie start eating his lunch. He takes a big bite out of the sandwich and spits it out, immediately pulls out, quote, the apple juice and starts drinking it and then immediately throws up all over the principal. And Brian is just laughing his ass off <laughs> at this at this site. And and you got his uh the the girl, his friend coming during this, and he's not even paying any attention to her. He's just like, ah, this is just gold. I don't have time for you right now. I'm really enjoying this prank that I pulled on this kid last night with my monster friend. But what takes this to another level is not only is he drinking piss, he's Mm -hmm. drinking monster piss. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't even know what that, that could just be poison for all we know. Right, right. We don't know. Ay, yay, yay. Dude, and here's the thing too is like, there's, that's one of the boundary crosses for me. I was just like, uh, uh, uh. like I know he's not really drinking piss, but I mean it was close enough. That and the baby scene, both both of those got. Oh, the baby scene, dude. The I baby totally forgot scene. about that. They tore. I forgot about it too. But they straight up torment a baby. Mm-hmm. In this movie. A baby. Babies should be off limits to monsters. They should be. They should be. And that's what got me too is like, yeah, that was the breaking point for him. But I don't think we needed to. I think he could have just left before they started torturing the baby. Dude, so let's just talk about this scene real quick. So Maurice takes Brian uh, along with a few other monsters, right? Yeah. And they go into this room of a baby and Maurice is pushing them to quote scare the hell out of the infant yeah and And i'm like like, what is happening right now dude and i didn't remember it and i it made me uncomfortable i was like oh i think it's now that we're parents yeah we want that happening to our now brian on the other hand was like, oh, you're taking this too far. And he backed off. He couldn't do it. I mean, he's watching these these monsters scare the crap out of this baby. And the baby is crying and shrieking in fear. And Maurice tells Brian that it's, and I quote, 
character building for the baby. Like, it's building character? No, you're just scaring the shit out of a poor baby that has, is super defenseless. Like, super. It's it, And obviously, Brian thinks this is cruel, and he's right to think this is cruel, and it's like, you don't want to be... You, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be hanging out with these monsters now that are, like, going after these infants. Right. And Okay, so though... This is what gets me in this situation. So basically in the underworld, these stairs lead to all these different under-the-bed situations, right? Yes. Brian just walks out the door. Yeah. So are we automatically just to assume that he's in the same area or, like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's... Because he has to walk home at that point. You know what I mean? I was just like... Where it's the dad in me once again. I was like, "Where's he gonna go?" I know. <laughs> How's he gonna get there? It's a new house. How does he know where to go? Yeah, and this is kind of like where Brian discovers it's it's around this time that Brian starts to realize that he's uh, transforming into a monster himself. Mm-hmm. And it's at this point where he's like, "Yeah, I don't want to be a part of this anymore." <sighs> yeah, but they kind of really gloss. I don't remember them glossing over it so much as they did like like they don't talk about it ever he just starts transforming and okay cool yeah yeah i mean yep so brian is now trying to cut himself off of the monsters and to help do this he saws the legs down so that they can't get up from under his bed speaking of which there's that little moment in the the movie earlier when he catches Maurice at the beginning you know near the beginning of the film he kind of sets up his little home alone trap there right with the bed absolutely now there's a lot that went into like figuring that out I don't know if any kid is that smart (laughs) first of all well that's what I'm saying like so many things in this tie to different things. I think that a lot of people took concepts out of this movie and put them in other movies like Home Alone like the traps that we get, right? Like the very extensive you come through, you trip this, the alarm goes off, the bed lands on you type I mean, of thing. Yeah, it's a it's an elaborate rigging system that they that, yeah. that he'd set up. You right? they uses parts from his bike and mm-hmm. And other things, and it well, his, his bike was destroyed by his dad anyway. Yeah, exactly, so exactly. Do. But to to build that thing to trigger the bed and the slamming shut so the monster couldn't escape. I mean, yeah, this was definitely a setup for other other films, and like the whole electrical system rigging for the final fight against Boy that all of them are just wearing like eight thousand floodlights to burn him down. Well, and the other thing I want to talk about real quick, because we haven't addressed this yet, and I know we're kind of getting off topic, but now that we're here, we're going, we're moving forward. We're, we're doing it. We're doing so, it. So, Brian, at first, this whole thing, it's it's Brian's brother that is being tormented by the monster, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, it's a monster. It's a monster. And he didn't, didn't, didn't doesn't believe him. He's like, well, I'm going to catch it then. And, and so... He catches the monster, but it's like, it's interesting because this is a monster from, that just crawled out from under your bed that you just caught. And his reaction to that 
There is no reaction to it. He just accepts it. Like there's there's no fear in him. Right. There's no there's he's not scared at all. He's more curious that there's a monster living under his bed than anything. Yeah, and well, here's the thing is that um even I think as that's an kind of... I just say real quick, even as an adult, if a monster crawled out from under the bed as mm-hmm. an adult, I'd be freaked the freak out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that also has something to say about his family life. Like, this monster isn't nearly as scary as the one that lives in the other room. His dad? The that's, yep, the one that's fighting with his mom all the time. This one's more goofy than anything. And here's the thing, too, is that Brian kind of gets off on torturing Maurice. Like, he's more than happy to watch him burn in the sunlight. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And he, even at one point, like, uh, in, you know, instead of, like, screaming and, like, hiding from the monster in fear, he's like, I'm going to physically fight you. Yep. <laughs> that, and, like, he's he's just not scared. None of that is intimidating to him. So what the hell happened to this kid that m- made him this way? Or just he has no fear. F- flight sense it's just all fight it's all maybe. fight it's all fight i mean yeah this kid must have had a hard life and maybe there's some more behind the scenes stuff that we don't know about the parents that he had to deal with i don't right. know <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean i tried to look up to see if there's anything that like talks about maybe there's like an intro to this situation why they moved to boston his dad still works in new york yeah kind of thing yep um nothing there's there's next to nothing on this movie, unfortunately. Yeah. But anyway, back to what we were talking about before. All right. Brian's trying to get out from the monsters. But uh, even though he saws the legs off the bed, the monster still manages to get in the house anyway because of a fold-out bed that was tucked inside one of the family sofas. <laughs> that was a cool scene, though. <laughs> it was. It was. And so, basically, to get Brian back, they kidnap his little brother, Eric, and take him down into the underworld, where they hold him captive so that Brian has to come down to get him. Yes. Because the big bosses, the big monster bosses, they want Brian to become a monster. Right. They... And I don't understand why. Mm -mm. Like, if he doesn't want to be a part of it, what are you going to do about it? Right, and that's where we get into the creepy part where he said, I just wanted him as my friend. I just wanted to play with you. Like, ah, what is happening here? Like, he doesn't want to play with any of the other ones. He specifically wants Brian. I wonder what's Uh, going on. Maybe he did play with the other ones. I don't know. Maybe all the other monsters. Like, that's how he collects kids. Right. And slowly turns them into monsters. Well. Through his playfulness. He is definitely one of the creepiest antagonists I've seen in a while. Yes. It is for reals. I know I've already talked about the uh, leader of the monsters boy for a little Mm -hmm. bit. But I kind of want to dive into these monsters a little bit more like snick 
the blue mm-hmm. hunchback. Yeah, he's just a hunchback monster guy. He's the he's henchman. Hunchback. Yeah. He was boy's henchman. Yeah, his right-hand man. He's pretty evil dude. He rips yeah. the head off of uh, another monster, a little boy who has extra hands that were attached to his face. Remember that? Yes. Remember that monster? Yeah, super he, like, creepy. He tore his head off. <laughs> and tossed it into it, a basket. Yeah. I mean, because why not? That is just crazy. Yep. I, I don't re- I It's another one of those things I just don't remember. I don't remember a little boy monster having his head torn off. And then he threatens to throw Brian off of a staircase. Yep. Holds him over it. So what is the point of wanting Brian to join the monster so much they're willing to kill him to get them to join? Yep. In which they will never get him. I just don't understand the motivation here. So I was thinking about it, and if these are all just little kids that grew up in the monster world, they don't know how to to organize things and think them through. They're just going to go with their first instinct and hope for the best. You know what I mean? I guess, yeah. And and both and obviously both Snick and Maurice have been there longer than everybody else. Like everybody else is younger than they are. And why is Maurice sticking around with these guys? Right. He just doesn't seem to fit in with that group of monsters, right? Absolutely not, yeah. None of the monsters do, really. The only two evil monsters, like evil, evil, evil monsters are mm. Boy and Snick. And Boy I, has got alien-like creatures st- stitched into his head. Right. I don't and even know what's going on. his face looks crazy when it melts. Yeah, and okay, so this is the other thing. Did you notice in the underground a lot of the costumes of the kids in the underground are from Hook or are eventually going to be used in Hook? No. Yeah, go back and watch it again. Like, there's one little boy wearing the vest that has all the badges on it. All the, It's crazy. So, like I said before, there's a lot of connecting movies to this one movie. It's, this is like the, the center, the focal point That's of it. It's so weird. I never, I never noticed that. I never looked at Never looked at that. I didn't. It's crazy. That's pretty wild. Let's talk about the underworld for a minute while we're in there. Let's do it. That's a weird place. It's a kind of like a fantasy land for kids, a Willy Wonka monster factory of sorts. Right. There's a point where Maurice uses a fart as a magic word to get into a secret club. <sighs> yep. If only that were real. They got the arcade. They got an arcade down there. Where did they get all the arcade games? Did they just steal them and take them under the bed? Well, yeah, <laughs> under okay, the so beds of is... children. Right. Okay. So this was actually going to be my line, but I have something. They actually covered that. So you know when they're playing baseball, Maurice basically says, "We take the shit, we smash the shit, then we put the shit back." So they're they're in the. Uh... They're in the game of stealing stuff from up there. They just take the best stuff and make sure it stays good. Okay. Not not broken. But then they treat it like crap, too. Yeah. So even though it's not broken up there, when they're down there playing, like, the pinball machines and stuff, they're, like, slamming it and, like, yeah. tilting it. And... and There is no tilt down here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Whatever. I mean, Whatever. Yeah. 
but I mean, it it it's it's that uh, that Pleasure Island scenario where they got all know, the you can eat junk food. Mm-hmm. Yep. All the food, everything they want, and then yeah, it's it to me. It's it all plays into that scenario of the the Lost Boys. It's just a more icky version of it. The physics also don't make sense in this place. They're very confusing, and the it's it's uh, do tell they they contradict each other, Billy. Okay. At one point. Mm-hmm. Maurice is scared that Brian is going to fall off one of these giant staircases and get hurt. Right. Like, oh, be careful. You don't want to fall off. But then, then there are moments where they just step off and then float down from the top to the floor. They just float. So why is yeah. he scared of falling when he just knew all along that he was going to float down anyway? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. No. It's a uh, maybe it was a strange to portray place. the portray the importance of not killing Brian because boy wants him so bad. Well, that's the I other thing. Know. He's holding him over, and he's gonna like I'll throw you down the stairs. He's like, yeah, good luck. I can float down here. <laughs> go right. go ahead and drop me. Can the they monsters control gravity? I guess it turn it off whenever they want it to. I don't know, Billy. I don't know. I, like I said, I think this was written during somebody's fever dream, and somebody was like, well, that's cool. And yeah. could we also just point out that Maurice is just a straight-up creeper? Oh, yeah, let's go down this path. I'm ready. That's it. He's a straight-up cre- creeper, man. Right. It's like Maurice just pulls down Brian's pants in front of another female monster. <laughs> Right, and this is where it got me too, because I guess it never clicked before that. But that monster says, "Hey, nice ass." <laughs> what? <laughs> like, how'd that get passed? How did that? What? I don't know. I quit. The, yeah, it's like you got this little, this like a female monster like staring at Brian, just like mm-hmm. like she wants to eat him up, kind of. <sighs> and. It, it's crazy. That's where this writing situation, whoever wrote this and whoever approved this, it's like, you know, things had to get cut. So what was bad enough to get cut from this film? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Because, I mean, you even got Maurice trying to get Brian to tell him if he has a girlfriend or not. And when Brian mentions, uh, is it Kirsten? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maurice is like, oh, let's go right over to her house right now. And then they stand over her, like. Just like watching her. Just watching her. And and even, like I said, we're talking about uh, Creeper Maurice here, who sticks his tongue out over her head as she's sleeping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, is he going to lick this little girl? <laughs> right. Like, I didn't well, understand. What is happening right now? And, oh, and then he turns. Then he goes ahead and turns his hand into a freaking dog and eats Kirsten's science homework. Right. It chews it up. You know, Brian's gonna like that kind of stuff. Ah. <laughs> but as and long then, as I, and then the, the purpose joke. of that was. But the, but then there's oh, the go. joke he makes, dude. The joke oh. he makes where he says, "Man's best friend 
is his right hand. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's in a kid's movie, Billy. <laughs> I know. So it took me to, for you to say that to realize what that was all about. Because I was always like, why did he do that? What a jerk. But he didn't want him thinking about Kirsten. He wanted him thinking solely about pranking and being a monster, not some girl. Yeah. So he's trying to ruin it. Yep. Ugh, That's man. a total adult joke, though, that goes right over kids' heads. Yeah. And I didn't I'm, even realize it until watching. And I was just like, what did he just say? There's what? a lot of those. You, you got you to gotta listen to Maurice. He says a lot of things that I'm just like, wow. I'm glad I'm watching this without anybody home. Because it's embarrassing. Like, I wouldn't, if my kid asked, what does that mean? Uh, his hand was a dog, so that's his best friend. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Are you are you ever gonna show your kids this movie, Billy? I'm probably cu- not. I'm curious. Probably not. No. Um, <laughs> so I showed them Monster Squad, and it made me uncomfortable trying to explain why we don't use certain words anymore. And I, how... I get that. I get that. But like, you bring up Monster Squad, but it's. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. They're both two very different films, but also kind of the same. Right. In the same that a lot of these things are, um, they didn't age well. They did not age well at all. Like, Monster Squad in general is a great movie, fantastic story, great, like, in showing that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're the unpopular kid, you can still level up and be somebody cool. But then there's lines in there that they use words that I was like, man, if my kid said this in school, he'd get kicked out. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is kind of the same way, but it's really like, it's not veiled humor. This is dirty humor. And as a kid, I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) As a kid, this dirty humor made me laugh so much. But I would be devastated to hear one of my kids say something like that. Like, wow. And I know they go to school. They hear these things from their friends. But I'm just not ready yet. Yeah. I, this is a weird one. Oh, the other thing I want to talk about, too, was the end of the movie when they escape boy and they're, they, they've got to get out of the underworld before the sun rises. Okay, mm-hmm. it's it's too late in in uh, where are they from Boston? Yeah. Okay, it's too late in Boston, so they have to like go from city to city, and they're trying to chase the sun, right? So they right, can get right. out before midnight. Yeah. Absolutely. And they end up all the way to California, where they come up under a beach bum. Yes. <laughs> who's sleeping on Which... the beach? I need to I need to figure out how they did that. This is my question, Billy. Mm-hmm. Is the underworld a shortened in version of the United States where they can run to California? Yeah. Um so is it like is it is it like uh the the quantum realm where they don't have to to run thousands of miles to get to where they're going they just have to kind of run a half a block and they're there right and you're in a different state yeah yeah i would think so um it makes no sense the underworld makes no sense to me billy like where those staircases lead and how they get to and why the why the bum on the beach 
Well, that was his bed. Okay. And that's a bed. But there's yeah. there, how many beds are there in California? So many. So, so, so many. many. So maybe it was because like when they came up, they all like ran into the ocean. Like, well, hey, he, I think, we made I think it. He was Look. the farthest bed to the west that they could find was that bum's bed. Uh, they could have went to Hawaii. They could have. They could have. Yeah, but it's. But the whole crossing the ocean in the underworld must be a whole different ball game. Hawaii uh, must have its own monster underground, right? Right, right. They speak <laughs> speak pigeon. Yeah. Well, here's the whole thing, dude. I want the guy that does the pitch meeting videos to do one for this movie. Oh, that'd be funny. Cause man, there's I don't see how this A got written, B got funding. And C made it to the movie theaters. I think somebody lost a bet. But this one also, as a kid, I liked it. Yes, and that, that's what I'm saying. And like, so in the 80s, yeah, it worked for the 80s. But it's a much different beast now than when I remember. <laughs> right, it's taken on a whole new meaning. The whole thing is yes. ridiculous. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad I watched it as a kid. I loved it, like yeah. I loved it. I wanted Maurice's jacket. I was so mad that Brian got it. It's it's just crazy to me that now as a parent, I was like, what were my parents? I went to this with my mom. My mom came to this movie with me. To yeah, the movie theater that's what I saw. It. I saw it with my parents. What? What were they thinking at that time? Like, I I I, I wonder. Right? I wonder what hmm. were they thinking? I don't know. Because they, they had to have gotten all the jokes. Yeah. Right? They had to hear the little under-the-breath things that were said. And they, uh, and they had to have been disgusted by disgusting. some of this. Disgusting. Unless it was socially acceptable in the 80s, even for parents, for this to be a thing. I don't know. <laughs> you, you know my mom. She would have, like, I can't believe she sat through this. I'm surprised she didn't walk out and just say, hey, come see me when you're done. It's... But she sat through it the whole time and yep. never, maybe it was so shocking to her she could never reveal how she felt about it because we've never talked about it after that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm going to have to talk to my parents about this. Yeah, because. I'm going to uh, see if they even remember. Hey, you remember Little Monsters? What did you think about that when you took me to that movie? I want to be on the phone when you have that conversation with your dad because <laughs> it's going to take an hour for you to explain it to him. And then when he gets it, it's going to be an hour-long explanation of either why he really liked it or he really hated it. And I would love to be there for that. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I just want to point out is Howie Mandel's Maurice is very close to Beetlejuice as well. So close, like his reactions, the way he says things. Yep. And I was going to say, oh, I was going to be Mr. Snarky and be like, in this set of Beetlejuice too, but Beetlejuice came before this. So. Yes. But you could definitely see the influence of that. Now, there was talk of a sequel years ago. And Mendel have said that they are both 100% up for making a sequel. Hmm. What would that include? Savage was asked in an interview if that would be something he'd like to do, and he responded 
to the person interviewing him, you lead the charge, we'll be right behind you. And he went on to talk about how fun it was to make the original movie and all the people he worked with and stuff and just how it was a great experience for him. And then Mandel caught wind of this and he sent out a tweet saying, I'm in. So he's like, now he's willing to do it again. And so Savage and Mandel and Ben Savage, Fred Savage's brother, is also interested in returning. So there, there is that. I don't think we'll ever see a Little Monster sequel. I'll be honest. I don't know if there's a market out there for it these days. But mm-hmm. it would sure be interesting to see if it did. You know, I'm curious to see what kind of story they would tell. Let's see what people say when they hear this. If they're willing to a watch the movie and b if you want to say I would be down for a second cuz I would love to see how they would tie that into today. Like how could you make that today? Yeah. It would be a completely different beast for sure. Yeah, it would. But anyway, there's a, there's a lot more uh there's a lot more red tape that have to go through to get it started. Yes. Uh, do you have any quotes, Billy? A favorite um, quote or scene from the movie? Yeah. Like, I already said the one that I really liked, which is we take the shit, we smash the shit, and then we put the shit back. Um, it's just, it was just simple and to the point. My other thing was, let's see. I mean, I think we covered a lot of the quotes in here during our thing. Right. All of the ones that were uh, <laughs> worth talking about or had right. some weird meaning for them. or yeah. yeah. I'm with you. But yeah, all in all, it was a fun movie to watch. I, it's going to be a while before I watch it with my kids. I don't know when I'll watch it again. I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, it's a well, fun, a- well, it was a fun movie that I enjoyed as a kid, as an adult. It was, it was amusing to watch because of right. all the things that I missed or forgot about the first, yes. you know, since the last time I watched it. And so that's what made it fun to revisit. Mm-hmm. But it's also one that I don't know when I'll revisit it again. <laughs> right. Right. Because there's just such so much better content out there from our past that we can get into. Yeah, for sure. You know. But I'm glad we did it. It was fun. No, it was, it was, fun, to it was fun to revisit for sure. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed it. So as much crap as we talk about it, it was still fun to watch. It's still crazy that it got made. Like every couple of minutes, I was thinking, "This is so crazy that it got made. What the heck?" So yeah, that was fun. So Little Monsters was recommended to us by Kel DLT on Twitter, and thank you for the. Um, We've got some more suggestions. We're definitely going to hit some of them soon. Thank you guys so much for reaching out. Thank you for your likes and your dislikes. Please keep hitting us up. But thank you We've for got, your, your likes. Yeah, the likes are our favorite, but the dislikes, you know, I mean, can't please everybody. But thank you for your likes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so hit yeah, us don't up. For, yeah, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter if you are new to this podcast. Our call sign is at GT Secret Level, and I post stuff on those channels and try to check in with recommendations and conversations going on. So, yeah, 
Yeah. We appreciate Please, it. Just keep it up. Yeah. And, uh, be ready for my peanut butter and onion sandwich as soon as I get a white onion. Dude, I can't wait for this video. It's going to be amazing. I can wait, but it's going to happen. I'm probably going to go tomorrow to get... Um, <laughs> yes! To get all the the necessary needs. I will send the video to Joe, and he will post on everything. Yes. Everything. So It'll thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to Secret Level. We really appreciate it. This is our 36th episode. Crazy. Crazy. And if you like movies and stuff, don't forget to visit geektyrant.com where we just post everything there is about movies and streaming stuff and TV stuff and try to do video game stuff and all the stuff. All right. Thank you, everybody. And be great in the world. Be great. Good journey. Good journey. But what about the peanut butter and onion sandwich, Billy? Billy! <sighs> Eat the peanut butter and onion sandwich! It's so good! I can't so believe I've good. committed to this. It's delicious! <laughs> it's so amazing! <laughs> Gross! I committed, dude. I'm gonna have it probably have it up for you by tomorrow. Sweet. Yeah. Um I'm scared. <laughs>